Okay. Rise, everybody, rise. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Looks like you all really missed the memo on represent your school night. I'm representing hard up here, just saying. But yeah, I'm Noah. I'm a senior. Man, that's, that's hard. This is my last year in here. I still remember right before I was about to come into Quarry, one of my siblings posted a picture of me on Instagram with cucumber slices on my eyes. Doing some kind of weird pose saying about how weird I was and that I was coming to Quarry. But uh, anyways, that's beside the point. I'd like to shout out to PJ and the leaders who got me up here. Thank you very much. But uh, time to cut to the chase. I'll be talking about fear tonight. And more importantly, why we should not fear these things I will be saying. Now, before I get started, I would like to make it very clear that I'm not talking to you all from the point of, I've already done all this, I know what to do. I have experienced each and every one of these things at least once in my life and may be currently dealing with it right now. So as I put together this message, I guess you could say, I was teaching myself in the process. So uh, this is based off of my personality, actually. I did some research. I'm an INTP, if any of you all wondered. And so I actually found on Google 10 things that terrify INTPs. So... <laughs> This is coming from that. So number one is rejection. And I'll be quoting this from the website. It says, people may have feelings of separateness from the whole of humanity. We convince ourselves that we are unloved and ultimately unlovable, often with no clue about how others see things. And that's pretty brutal right there. But let's see what the Bible says about it. So can you all pull up John 15, 18 through 19? I'll read it off here. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. So it really shouldn't matter if we feel rejected by society or not because God told us that we should not be a part of society, so we should stand out just a little bit. I mean, we shouldn't be, like, pulling snakes out of the ground and stuff like that. <laughs> But, you know, just a little bit. So let's move on to number two, commitment. People like to keep flexible, keep their plans open, and sometimes rigid structures make them feel uneasy or even trapped. I thought that's pretty interesting, but it ultimately boils down to worry. And this can get to me sometimes, too. I don't like to make plans because if something comes up and I can't fulfill my end of the deal, and it just causes a lot of nasty problems that I don't like to deal with. So can you all put up First Peter 5, 7? There it is. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Bam, right there. That's what he said. That's what we should do. So we just put all of our worries and cares on him, and he will take care of us at the end of the day. And it actually requires humbleness to put our cares on it. I mean, I like to be fairly independent. I don't like to be dependent on other people quite a lot, you know, especially if it's a problem. I like to be able to solve the problem myself and say, I fixed that out of my own strength. But sometimes the problem just gets a little bit too big for me to deal with, and then I have to go to God, and I have to humble myself and be like, God, I'm going to need a little bit of help dig myself out of this hole, because <laughs> it's pretty nasty. <laughs> so let's go on number three, 
dying without achieving goals. I think this is the most universal fear that probably everyone has at some point in their life. And I quote again, not meeting their potential, procrastinating through life, and or never finding their true purpose. Everyone deals with this, whether you're Christian or not, I would say. Now, what's nice for us is God has a perfect plan for each and every one of us. So we at least have that, whereas other people, they're just hoping to stumble across something. And this really goes back to worry again. So can you all pull up Psalm 56, please? But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Kind of the same as the last one. So we just cast our cares on God, remain diligent, praying in the Spirit, reading our Bibles, spending time with God. And slowly but surely, he'll begin to reveal his plan to us as we do that. And then there you go. All the problems solved. So let's go to number four. And this one really deals with me quite a bit. And they titled it Insanity. I don't quite agree with that. (laughs) So I changed it to Loss of Mental Power. (laughs) And I'll quote again. This is what somebody said. Losing my mental powers or functions is my greatest fear. I not only fear going completely crazy, but I fear finding out I'm really not that smart. And I've deceived myself into believing things that were simply false. That was said by someone named Tim. Not Tim Tillett, probably. (laughs) I'm sorry. It had to come. (laughs) So whether we admit it or realize it or not, we generally live relatively similar to what is expected of us. So if we find ourselves falling short of those expectations, it can be pretty scary. I mean, I've dealt with that quite a bit. So... Let's pull up Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God has a plan for you. All you have to do is follow it. And even if we don't live up to other people's expectations or even our own expectations, more importantly, we'll still be all right. And that that really hits me hard because I keep high expectations for myself and high standards for myself. And if I find myself like, I'm not quite getting there, I'm not quite cutting it anymore, then it's like, hmm, I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, that was four, I guess. So I said 10. So there's some that, I mean, they are fears, but we as Christians can deal with them pretty easily, these next ones. So number five was death. So obviously we know how to deal with death because we're saved. So if we die, we're going to heaven, so we don't need to be afraid of that. But I can understand for someone who's not saved, you know, you don't know what's going to happen to you when you die. So that can be, you know, a pretty legitimate fear. Number six, loss of a loved one. Kind of the same concept. If they're saved, they're going to go to heaven, so you don't need to be concerned about it. But if they're not, and you're not saved, then, you know, it can be a problem. Number seven was basically the same as number three, dying without accomplishing anything. I don't know why they put that on there. And I just skipped three of them. Number one being physically helpless. Sure. Deep water. Okay. (laughs) And mediocrity, which kind of goes along with the rest of them. So it looks like I have just a little bit of time left. So we'll go on to my kind of second part, which is following God's plan for your life. And I think fear is probably one of, if not the largest hindrance to God's plan in your life. And the reason being is people fear failing in life so much that they forget that God has created a perfect plan for them. And they want that perfect plan to meet their criteria, 
which is not always the same criteria God has picked out for you. And that can turn into a problem pretty quick. So to combat this, we just need to keep our prayer lives strong. You know, pray in the spirit, read your Bible, spend time with God. And that will open the door for God to send in his divine peace into your life. And that will basically get rid of any fear or worry that you have. And so this is very applicable to me, this part especially. I would say probably 16 to 30, maybe 35-ish. You're going to be making some big decisions in your life, whether you want to or not. I mean, job, college, career, spouse, kids, house, the list goes on forever. So obviously, we don't want to make the wrong decisions in that. So sometimes we can get very paranoid about making the right decisions. And that can sometimes cause fear and worry, who would have thought. So to try to demonstrate this point maybe a little bit clearly, I've created a nice example using the colonel himself, KFC. So let's just have, I don't know, John and Zod get up here. All right, John, you're going to be God, so I want you to hold that. Zod, you're going to be man. So this bucket of delicious KFC will pretend this is God's perfect plan for Zod's life. Yes, I did almost put diabetes on this, but, you know, <laughs> it's church. Can't quite do that. So anyway, right now Zod cannot see God's perfect plan for his life because Zod is trying to do his own thing, and he's not spending time with God. He's not reading his Bible. He's not praying in the Spirit. So he can't see God's perfect plan, even though we all know Zod loves KFC. And he would be very happy with this plan for his life. But he just can't quite see it, so he can't do it. But now let's pretend that Zod starts praying in the Spirit. He starts reading his Bible, spending time with God, worshiping, etc. Then God can start slowly revealing his plan to Zod. And he can begin to smell it and get into it. And eventually he'll get the full plan for his life. Voila. So... I hope that made a little bit of sense for you all, and I hope it maybe cleared up some concerns and helped alleviate some fears. So that's all I have for you all for tonight. Didn't he do amazing? Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Oh, my gosh. How eloquently stated was all of that? How honest and transparent? That was incredible, Noah. Thank you so much. Our next speaker, since you have something to set up, go ahead and come up here. But I love this gal so much. I've been in her life for a very long time, which she may or may not regret. I don't know. But we've been together for a while. So we're going to give her a minute to set up. I would say the trademarks of Chloe are great hair and tons of superhero knowledge. You guys agree? Yeah? Great hair, superheroes. Chloe, do you need help with your sharp? Or are you good? You think you got it? Okay, give it up for Chloe, guys. I would just like to thank Pastor Jordan for letting me speak today. Um, so I'm going to be speaking on what Pastor Owens taught on, the nine fruits. And my verse is Galatians 5, 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep 
in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and inviting each other. So first, I'm going to talk about joy. Um, <laughs> so um, I also looked up all the meanings of all of these in the Greek. So the meaning of joy is cheerfulness. Okay, cheerfulness, calm, delight, and gladness. If you are not in joy, you are offended. So say I gave you $100. You'd be pretty happy, right? You all would be pretty happy. Say I took away $100. You would not be happy. But joy should come from the inward side of you, which... Okay, well, that top did not work at all. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, being joyful may also help your friends be joyful. So set the example. Next is love. It means affection and benevolence. Love is not being rude no matter what is going on. So in school, you know, Valentine's Day, you guys would get all these notes from all your friends, and it'd make you feel good. My hearts, aren't they great? Um, and so you should also help people feel loving, and tell them good comments instead of bringing them down. Um, the meaning of peace, which is my next one, is quietness and rest. So imagine an anchor. It helps a ship not go away from the dock. So you need to have an anchor and not go away from the world. Peace can also help out a friend. So when they get in a bad situation, they can remember how calm you stayed in your situation, and they can also stay calm. Um, my next one is forbearance, which means long-suffering and peace. So, if I went up to somebody, and I gently started hitting them with this. I'm not going to, because I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, <laughs> and I started hitting them with this. If you don't lose your cool, then other people will also not lose your cool. So, if I hit you with this for an hour, and you use forbearance, you would know that you shouldn't lose your cool and just... You know, just take a breath, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so my next one is kindness, which means the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. So kindness should not back up, even if something bad's going on in your life. So if you want apples, you don't plant orange seeds. It's never going to work like that. If you want apples, you're going to plant apple seeds. So if you want good fruit from other people, you need to plant good, kind words. To others. My next one is goodness, which means virtue. So say I've never eaten an orange, like ever. I need someone to come up here. Raise your hand. Just someone, anyone. Caleb. So I've never had an orange in my entire life. Try to explain to me what it tastes like. Have you ever had an orange sister? No. See, it's hard to explain what things taste like. So people have to experience your goodness. My next one is faithfulness. Reliance upon Christ for salvation. Okay. Um, <laughs> great faith comes from great love. So in the fall, hold on a second, a second. 
So in the fall, we all know that leaves are going to fall. Just like that. Beautiful. Um, so people also need to know that they can trust you and that you will keep your word. You need to be faithful to other people. So my next one is gentleness, which means meekness and humility. Be teachable. If someone comes up to you and tries to help you with something, don't get angry at them. So I do need someone else for this, actually. Okay. Which one feels better? What do you mean feels? Like, which one feels, which one would you rather wear? Oh, I'd rather wear this. Yeah. But which one are you? Are you gentle or are you rough? Are you, are you like sand table or are you like silk? <laughs> See, people don't ask. <laughs> you need to be gentle and not hard. No one wants to have a friend that's like sandpaper. They want to have a friend that's like silk. So my next one is self-control, which means temperance, controlling your attitude, and feelings. So for this one, don't tell my sister, I stole her dog leash. Um, <laughs> so you put a dog on a leash when you're going to walk them to keep them under self-control. Because if you went walking and you didn't put your dog on a leash, guess what they would do? They'd run away. Hopefully they'd come back. Hopefully. It'd be bad if they didn't. Anyway, you need to put yourself on an invisible leash. You need to put yourself under self-control. And you need to control your tempo, your attitude, and the way you see others. And everyone needs this in their life. Whether you're an adult, whether you're a preacher, whether you're just some kid on living at the house, whatever. Everyone needs this. <laughs> everyone needs this because... Live the same every day like God did. And in order to do that, these nine fruits will help. And I'm done. Way to go, Chloe. Give it up for her object lessons. You are your father's daughter. I love that. Hey, wasn't that good, though? That had something in it for every single one of us, not only to help us, but help others. I love that she brought out your peace will bring peace to people around you, and your joy will bring joy to people around you. That is super incredible, Chloe. Great job. Mm, Sharpie. All right, so our next speaker, you guys hear hear from technically like on a lot of weeks but I am very excited because like our other speakers tonight I think this guy is super transparent he never tries to come across as more than he is or as arrogant I feel like he's super humble and really transparent and honest which I really appreciate because that traits those traits really don't come easily to a lot of people but I feel like they do for him so please join me in welcoming our friend Zod you're welcome did you hear that I'm transparent, humble, and honest, so you can't say anything otherwise. Well, to start off, I'd like to thank the people who let me come up here and share. Uh, so hopefully you guys didn't make a mistake, and hopefully I don't just completely blow it. So uh, I got the text to talk tonight for a little bit, and Morgan basically said, talk about what's relevant to you and what you're going through, and I was like, all right. So I am a sheltered homeschooler. What is relevant in my own life? And I was like, oh, it took me a little bit. So then I was like, well, you know, yeah, there's that one big issue. You know, you always have that one issue that kind of like glares at you from the back. and You don't want to admit it's there, but it's definitely there. So uh, I'd like everyone to turn to Jude 120. And what I'm going to talk about 
uh, right now is persistence. That is probably the thing, or that is definitely the thing that I'm struggling with the most because I know I'm, I mean, I love God, I love worship and all that stuff, but if I can't dedicate that stuff outside of the church, then I can't get over my own problems, even if they're not that big. And well, to us, they look big, but to God, they're not that big. All right, we're here. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want to focus on is building yourself up. Now, persistence takes practice. And I kind of had to separate it in my own mind because I knew everything to do to be persistent. But I also had to do those things while I'm not in temptation so that I can be more persistent when it actually comes. Because your will is only so strong, which is why you have to rely on God. So you can't be any sort of persistence and do it well without God, because then you just feel terrible afterwards, like you're no good. But I eventually just had to realize that I had to use God, sort of like what Noah was talking about earlier. You want to do something by yourself, but then you realize you suck and you can't. <laughs> Not you suck, but outside of God, then you can't really do anything you want to do with anything important. Now, I was starting to think in uh, Jude one twenty, it said building yourself up by praying in the spirit. And that is a great way to do it. My only problem was that I wasn't praying in the spirit as much as I should have. I wasn't reading the Bible as much as I should have. But I did have one thing that I love to do. And I, it's probably my biggest passion. And that's praise. So I had to take the one thing that I was doing that I loved to do. And I had to do that more and more and more. And the more I did that, the more I wanted to pray in tongues, the more I wanted to read the Bible, because it's like a domino effect in God. And so I really buckled down and started being persistent against the temptations and things I was dealing with. So I just started praising. And it's not the only way. Like, let's say you're a prayer warrior and you love praying. Do it that way. Reading your Bible is actually simple. If you're a bookworm, you don't even have to find something that's dealing with what you are dealing with. You find a passage in the Bible, like reading Acts is super dope. It's act, like the Bible is not boring. It's really fun. Um, and then also just confession. Walking around your house saying what you are in Christ instead of what you see in the mirror. The problem was it wasn't always like that. Um, I'd like everyone to turn to James 1.20. 122, and I actually heard Angie talk about this a few weeks ago after I got the text to preach, and I actually wrote it down. I was like, all right, I'm going to use this for my message. So, Angie, what you did teach was very helpful wherever you are. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Okay. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now I'd like to go back to verse 24, if that's okay. For he observes himself, or no, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. For a while, that was exactly me. I would show up on Wednesday. I would show up on Sunday. I would praise, have a great time. 
And then after Sunday, I'd go home. I was like, man, that's really good. And then I just didn't do any of it. And you start to feel bad when you've been in the church for 16 years, and you have all of the skills, all of the knowledge and resources that you need to get over these problems, and you're still dealing with it simply because you don't do it at home. And you don't even have to start off a lot. Like I said, just do it a little bit. And that just, I mean, because when you get to the situation, you don't like, you're not consciously knowing that you're getting worse until you finally see that you're in this terrible place that you can't get out of on your own. And that, that was just one of the worst feelings of my life. And the thing is, I have a relatively good life. Both of my parents are married. I have a home. I'm fed very well, very important. Um, and I have friends who really care about me. So I was like, why am I going through all of this stuff? And it's simply because I didn't do this. I knew too much to not be doing it at home. See, there's people that deal with these things outside of the church, but they don't know any of this. So when they deal with it, I'm, I'm always like, well, yeah, well, they didn't know any better. Well, I knew better by a lot. And I was still doing terrible. And that's eventually what motivated me to get out of it. Because after the special meetings and after camp, I was like, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. Because God has mercy, and he'll be with you in these times of trouble. But if you don't make an effort to get out of it, then he can't protect you anymore. Because we can be in his grace, but eventually we step out of it. He doesn't take it off of us. And the more I don't do what I know I should do is the sooner I'll leave his grace. And that would be completely on me. So eventually, I just, I knew I had to change something. So like I said, I started with praise. And back to Jude 1.20, it took practice. I had to praise when I wasn't being tempted. And it's kind of weird because... You know, we just got Roku for our TV, and we have YouTube on it, and I'd put, like, worship on it, and I'd just kind of sit there and listen and be like, yeah, it's great. I mean, I didn't think it was doing anything, but it was. So then when I actually dealt with something, I was like, all right, I know exactly what to do because I've done it before. Now, I ain't messing around with this. I get up there. I go to YouTube. I get Hillsong United live in Israel with everything. You get it. And I looked like an absolute maniac. Jumping, doing, like, uh... Just 360s, helicopters all around the living room, trying not to knock my mom's milk glass off because that's, like, expensive. And when I told her I was jumping around in the living room, she had genuine concern on her face that I was going to break something. And I was like, no, Mom, I, I will not break anything. Just know I'm worshiping God if something does break so you can't get mad at me. And eventually... Because, see, I found this out at camp. This is the first time this ever happened. When I would praise and I would give everything that I had, all of my heart into it, there, just this overwhelming happiness and joy came out of me in this energy that I do not have. That, like, I couldn't help but smile. Honestly, it just smelt, it felt like all of the goodness that God's ever had, just, like, sprinkles and, like, cupcakes coming out of me. It was, like, the best feeling in the world. It's like eating fried chicken, but better. Um... <laughs> And that's just what I had to do. And um, it got to the point when I had no choice but to praise. And because I did this, I started praying in tongues more. And 
I'm going to take a page out of Haas's book when he would talk about Sunday morning prayer. You don't really understand how much that helps you. There'd be times where I wouldn't pray in tongues an entire week at home. And I feel bad after it. But because I came to Sunday morning prayer, I prayed in tongues at least once a week for just a little bit of time with people who were experienced and new. And that kept me in a prayer life with God, even if it wasn't a lot. But I did. I did it. So then I started cultivating it more outside of church. And that's really the main focus I want to stretch is being persistent means doing what you hear at church, not at church. It's the only way you can do it. And it sounds very simple, but when you get out in the world or outside church, you're like, oh, I don't feel like anything. Because I let my emotions dictate everything. And I'd like to go to verse 25 of uh, James 1, 25. But he who looks at the perfect law of liberty... Liberty right there. This will liberate you from anything you're dealing with, not just temptations, sexual temptations, whether or not you think other people like you or not. Because sometimes what other people think about you can be the only thing you can think about, and it's terrible. See, liberty, and continues in it, and is not forgetful, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be the blessed in what he does, blessed in what he does, yeah. That is the only thing I can stress most about this because I'm at a point in my life where I can't afford not to go up and get prayed for when there's a prayer line that I need to be in. Even if I've been in it for, been in the same line multiple times, I can't afford not to because if I don't go up there and I don't give everything that I have, it hurts everyone else around me because I normally say a prayer before praise and worship. I thank you, Father, that you help me help others enter in to worship on stage and off stage. I can't do either of those things if I'm not doing it at home. So it just got to a point where I actually made the decision to do something. And I'm telling you, I haven't won every battle when temptation strikes. But if you can snag one from the enemy, you can take the momentum of that one into the next one, into the next one. You may not win them, but it's that feeling you had when you did, when you did win. You think about it, and you're like, that felt so good. That felt better than the temptation that I gave into, and it's the only thing I think about when I do give into temptation because I repent on the spot. I, for, I don't dwell on it, and I think about how do I not lose the next one, and that's what I want all of you guys to do, and that's why I really felt like I needed to talk on this, and that's all I have. was incredible that will change your life he said it's so simple but so true just do what you know to do aren't you grateful for his honesty and his transparency give him another round of applause it's not always easy to get up here and tell people about what you're walking through so thank you Zod all right our last speaker she's amazing we don't call her pastor Teagues for nothing because usually she just drops truth bombs at life group and everyone just goes home super convicted because <laughs> she's just like well the word says blah 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 and I'm like oh wow yeah <laughs> yeah it says that <laughs> so she is incredible she's also got super great glasses super great style she's very cultured I would say she teaches me lots about other cultures that I didn't know she's the guy who watches movies in other languages with subtitles oh my gosh right who does that it's amazing so Tegan come on up here everybody give it up for Tegan you got it Tegan. 
So, first of all, <laughs> I just want to thank Pastor Jordan and all the people who chose me to be up here tonight. Um, I'm very deeply honored, and I know it's a big deal. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> first of all, um, the title of my message is Out with the Old and In with the Bold. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> so, okay. So, basically, I'm going to give you a little background information about me. Um, you know, my name is Tegan Owens, and on the outside, I'm very, I mean, I guess people perceive me as a compassionate person. You know, I try to be sweet to people. You know, I don't want to hurt or harm anybody because that's not right. But um, going into my message, uh, freshman year wasn't really the easiest for me. Um, that's the year that I really did speak up about my faith and what I believed in. And, you know, People really discouraged me, and, you know, they really drove me down, if that's right. <laughs> and I chose to listen to them, and I chose to be offended by what they said. <clears throat> so because of that, when I went into sophomore year, I chose not to speak about anything that related to my faith whatsoever. And I chose to be quiet, and I chose to not be bold. And <clears throat> not until Camp 2019 that's when I got delivered from my fear and anxiety. That's when I realized that, you know, <clears throat> God does have a plan for my life, and I have no right to not fulfill it. I have to be bold. I have no other option, but I have to be bold. So my first point is boldness plus compassion equals effectiveness. So, I mean, you can be compassionate and sweet and kind and lovey-dovey to anybody all the time, all you want to. But if you're not bold about who you are and who, what your faith is, you're not going to get anything done. You're going to be quiet and shut out, and people are only going to see you as a sweet, compassionate person. Uh, that leads me to Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. Uh, you got it? Okay. So don't lose your bold, courageous faith for you are destined for a great reward. You need the strength of endurance to reveal the poetry of God's will, and then you will receive the, the promise in full. See, God, people don't think they have boldness, but in fact, God put his boldness inside of you. When he created you, he knew exactly who he wanted you to be. He knew that each and every one of you would have a unique and divine plan for your life. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm going to fulfill mine. So, whatever. Okay. And then, <laughs> um, that also, like, brings me to James 4.17. Um, if, you, if you know that God told you to talk to that person and you choose not to talk to that person, you might think that that's okay, but that is automatic sin. Because you are going against what God told you to do. And that is not the will. And not following the will for your life is a sin. I'm not, like trying to spot you out, but that's the truth. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> uh, okay, so then um, <laughs> uh, uh, let me say this. Uh, Josh Panter spoke at camp, and his, what he said was the Holy Spirit edifies, empowers, and enables you, which means you can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you're not edified, you're not empowered, and you're not enabled to do something. So, 
I think it's very important, like what Isaac was saying, that you need to pray in tongues. You need to worship, do things that you like about the Bible. You know, like Isaac said, if you're a nerd about like reading or whatever, read the Bible. It's fun. It'll edify you. It'll empower you and it'll enable you to do things. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then um, uh, I also really enjoyed Caleb Brogan's. And he said, uh, courage is doing what the average person can't do. So that also leads me to what the definition of boldness is. Boldness is the willingness to take risk and act. Uh, I forgot that word. Okay. It's basically you acting involuntarily, going against what your normal instinct is, and doing the courageous thing which could be walking up and talking to somebody about your faith. It could be going to that person who's sitting in the corner and talking to them and asking them why they're crying. It could, it could be a number of things. You know, I go to a public school, and I see a lot of hurt every day. And it is not all right or okay for me just to walk by it, just to see somebody upset and just walk by it and act like it's nothing. No, I need to go up to that person and talk to them and relate to them in any way I can. Because once you do that, you make a connection with them, and then you can actually talk to them about the word of God. Because you first need to make a connection, then you can speak the word of God. Because without that connection, they will never understand what Jesus really is. I mean, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but when you talk to people up frontly about Jesus, like, hey, do you know who Jesus is? They're like, uh, excuse me, get out of my way. Uh, you need to first make a connection with them if you're actually going to get to them and talk to them and bring them to, the, to God. Like, I don't know if you all know, but I'm going to bring souls to God. I'm going to get my body count up with God. Like, <laughs> if you knew, I'm going to lead a lot of people to Jesus. I hope you are too. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Hebrews 13, 6. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? This, oh, I'm still working with my boldness personally, if you notice or not. And, you know, I'm, I mean, my nickname is Turtle Tegan at home, which means when I get embarrassed or I get uncomfortable, I shrink up like a turtle. <laughs> okay. And then, um, so basically... The Lord is my helper. I mean, if you know who the Lord is, he is God Almighty. He created the world that you're standing in. He can literally do anything for you. What can mere mortals do to you? If you have the power of God on inside of you, what can mere mortals do to you? People who don't even know what kind of power is on the inside of you. How could you even let them offend you? They have no idea what is going on the inside of you. How could you even let them hurt you or offend you? It just doesn't make any sense. So that's why, you know, you need to read the Bible every day because then you'll start seeing it in the Bible and you'll start believing it. Because you can't just, you can't just see things and then you'll believe them. What, what is this? You can't just see and believe. You have to speak, hear, see, believe. You have to speak it out in your own words. You know, when God created the heavens and the earth, he didn't just stand there and think, well, I would like there to be light. 
I think there should be light. No, he said, let there be light. So when you go into your school, you need to say, let the will of God come upon me and let me help somebody today. You need to say, let me be the God's vessel for this school. You need to say, let me come in and help this person who's crying. Let me come in and help that person who's hurting. Because you're not going to get anything done if you just think, hmm, that person looks sad. Okay. No, let me help them. What do you need? Give me your hand. Let me help you. I mean, okay, whatever. (laughs) And then um, my second message, I mean, my second, (laughs) my second, (laughs) my second point is cheer or fear. If you know what the office is, then that is a what Dwight says. Okay. So John <laughs> John 14:27. I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Do not yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. See, people will let fear come upon them. I'm very much an example of that. I've let fear come upon me and I've done nothing in a situation that I should have done something. But God has given us a perfect peace, and for us not to use it is kind of like you saying, how am I going to fill in this Phillips screw, and you have a Phillips screw, but you refuse to screw it in. Why aren't you using the tools that you have? God has given you the tools, but yet you're here not using them. Huh. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) So uh, you have to use the tools that God gives you, perfect peace being one of them, being courageous and having boldness and being compassionate also on your tool belt. So (laughs) that's why you, uh, (laughs) sorry, okay, that's why you choose fear, I mean, (laughs) you choose, (laughs) you choose cheer over fear because God has given you this joyous gift of perfect peace and happiness and life and this perfect will for you, then why should you choose fear? It's just not logical. Why would you choose a dirty mud pie over a beautiful cupcake? It just, that's what God has for you. Okay, and then, um, you know, just the classic, Psalms 23, 4. Um, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, his staff is like what makes us, it's what makes us stable. His staff is, I mean, I would sort of relate it to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is inside of you and it's what can make you stable. The Holy Spirit, if you use him the right way. He will help you with anything and for everything. And I think that's it. I told you guys we don't call our pastor Tegan for nothing. Hey, give it up for all of our speakers tonight. Chloe, Noah, Zod, Tegan. I'm so proud of every single one of you. I appreciate your honesty. I'll probably never preach here again. You guys did so amazing. So thank you all for being our speakers tonight. We are so proud. You are a family, and I personally am really, really encouraged by every single one of you. So thank you guys. Hey, you guys, remember, 
Love is Red Camp. Get your money together. If you have questions, let me know. And 